Welcome to the Rosemont Baptist Church Podcast. Rosemont is a thriving group of believers who desire to connect with Jesus and His church, grow in our faith and understanding of God's Word, and serve Jesus here in our local area and around the world. We are located in LaGrange, Georgia at 3794 Hamilton Road and invite you to join us for either of our two services on Sunday mornings. Please visit our website at rosemontchurch.org for more information. And now we pray that God speaks to you in a personal way as you listen to this week's message from Pastor Adam Camp. Take your Bibles open to Psalm 95. Psalm 95. As you're doing that, as you're finding Psalm 95, I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit different this morning. I want you to get out your phones, right? Or at least I want you to not hide your phones anymore, right? If you've been on your phones already, go ahead and get those out. I want you to look at them because I want you to do something for me. We've changed the way we're doing things. I want everybody to understand this, and then I've got a real clear directive for you. In the seat in front of where you're sitting is a card that looks just like this. Take this card out, okay? Everybody get their phone out. Take this card out. This isn't just for our guests anymore, right? We've changed this. One of the things we struggle with is communication. Uh, we, we put things out a number of different ways, and we still get phone calls. What are y'all doing? We're, we do the best we can to try to give you information. This is just another attempt to help you keep up for us to communicate what we're doing. So if you take this and you scan this with your camera app, don't take a picture of it. Just open your camera app, hold it over the QR code. You should see a link kind of pop up. If you'll touch that link, it will take you to a page that looks just like this. You see it on the screen. And there's several options. This is a link tree, right? There are a lot of different links now you can choose from. I'm going to tell you to do one in just a minute. But if you're new, right, if you're brand new, we'd love for you to click the second one. This is new here. Click here to connect. You can fill out the little form. It'll give us some information about you and your family. Tickets to the one, Discover Rosemont, Wednesday night dinner reservations. All those are available at all times. That's rosemontchurch.org forward slash links if you don't actually have the QR code. But I want you, everybody in here this morning, that scan this and look at their phone to touch the very top one. Tell your friends about the one. It's going to take you to a Facebook link that you can share with everybody on your, uh, on your story. You can do it on your story. You can do it on your timeline. I would love for everybody to share that, right? We've sold almost uh, a thousand tickets so far. We got plenty of space, so we... We plan for a lot of people because we want the community to come. We want y'all to come, bring your friends. We want the community to come as well. So you share that. You give out these cards. You invite people to be part of what we're doing. We want to share the gospel of Jesus Christ at Christmas, right? It's a real clear presentation of exactly who Jesus was. We're walking through the accounts of the Old Testament leading up to his birth. Uh, We've got uh, almost 100 actors now involved in this process, A lot of people behind the scenes have been working very hard to make this happen. So you continue to pray about it. You continue to invite your friends. But this link tree is one of the ways you can sign up. You can tell people about it. You can get your tickets here. If you're new, you can let us know that you're here and connect with us. If you're younger, right, a lot of the older people, right, I'm I'm including myself in this, use Facebook. Next week, we're going to kind of explain how you can do Instagram here. If you're younger and you have Snapchat, I don't do Snapchat. I don't understand Snapchat. I know a lot of younger kids do. There's a filter for Snapchat for the one, too. So if you take a picture here at church, it's a geo filter, which means you've got to be on property to do it. Take your picture. There's a filter you can put on, share with your friends as well. Just different ways for you to get the information out, uh, to share what we're doing at Christmas and ways that you can connect and we can communicate 
with you. Okay, now put your phones away unless you're looking at your scripture or you are taking notes, right? Because I know nobody would ever do anything else on their phone on Sunday morning during church, right? So I keep popping, Jeff. I don't know if you can hear me or sound guys back there, Murray, if I'm doing something wrong, but I keep popping up here. I'm not sure why. Everything's plugged in, I think, so my apologies if it's me. I'll try to button everything up here. We're continuing our study this morning uh, through the book of Psalms. We're in Psalm 95 this morning. We've kind of divided our study into sections, right? So we started by talking about the creation. We looked at very specific chapters in the book of Psalms that talked about the creation, the majesty and the glory of the Lord. Then we got into the fall, right? The sin that had separated us from the Lord. And we looked through some very specific psalms to help us understand that. Then we got into this idea of redemption. What do we have to do? We have separated ourselves from a holy God, from the creator of the universe. What do we have to do to be redeemed? And now we're in this section of kind of the new creation looking ahead to who Christ is and who he will be to our time one day in eternity with the Lord. And it brings us, as we think about the new creation, as we think about his majesty and glory, it brings us to this place of celebration. It brings us to this place of joy. It brings us to this place of worship. Because watch, if we're not careful, we get bogged down in the here and now, don't we? You're like, I got a thousand things to do today and that didn't include work tomorrow and then I got meetings and I'm out of town and then here comes Thanksgiving, here comes Christmas. If we're not careful, we're overwhelmed by the here and now. All that's real, all that matters, I get it. But sometimes it's good for us to kind of set those things aside, take a step back and remember, first of all, the goodness of the Lord, but be reminded of the importance of looking ahead and finding joy and hope and peace only in the things of the Lord, outside of the things of the world. And so this morning, we're gonna talk about praising the Lord. We're gonna talk about worshiping the Lord. We're gonna talk about finding joy in the Lord for some very specific reasons. So let's jump right in this morning. Psalm chapter 95, beginning in verse one. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord, right? He's talking to believers talking to followers of Jesus Christ. Let's sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. Now, Paul's, let me give you kind of the first truth here, the first point, number one. We have joy because we have salvation through the Lord. Right, Our ultimate joy comes not from the things of this world, but from the things of the Lord. And our ultimate hope and joy in him is found in our salvation through Jesus Christ. Now, I love what these first two verses do because there's this idea of gathering together. Right, The psalmist is writing to followers of Christ. He says, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into the presence with thanksgiving, make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. Now, this isn't a sermon about worship or about singing, but I think there's something to be said for singing during times of worship. Some of y'all will be like, I just, I can't sing. I don't sound good, right? It doesn't say that you have to necessarily sound good. It says you need to make a joyful noise. And Miss Joe Obrey's sitting here. Miss Joe, I used you and Mr. Will as an illustration in the last 
service. I'm going to do it again. Mr. Will, who passed away, was an amazing man. If you knew Mr. Will over, you know what I'm talking about. Miss Joe is incredible. Mr. Will didn't like to sing. But Mr. Will took this passage of Scripture to heart because you know what he did? How many of y'all that sat back there, what did Will do when we sang? He whistled. It's a true story. For as long, Miss Joe, I don't know how long he did that, but for as long as I've known him, he didn't sing. He didn't like the way he'd sing, but he would whistle. He was making a, he was making a joyful noise. We miss that sometimes, right? Because we think, I can't sing, or I don't know the words, or maybe I don't even like this song, right? I don't like it. Well, you know what? It's not about that. <laughs> there are things you do I don't like, believe it or not, you know? <laughs> it's about making a joyful noise. And so what are we doing when we're gathering together, right? We're coming into, right? We're in the presence of the Lord. We're coming with thanksgiving. We're singing. We're making a joyful noise. We're praising him. Why? Look at verse one. I want you to notice why we're doing this. Pull verse one up again. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our what? Salvation. There are a lot of things we find joy in. We find joy in our families. We find joy in our work. We find joy in our health and in our hobbies. And all those things are great. There's nothing wrong with those things. But all of those things are temporary. You understand that? The blessings of our salvation will last for all eternity. And I think sometimes we need to be reminded of that because it's easy to forget. It's easy to forget all the things that the Lord has done for us. It's easy for us to forget that we're supposed to sing for joy. We're supposed to come before him with thanksgiving that the Lord is a great God. And so we, we see this all through Scripture. Right? Just in case we've forgotten, which we do, just in case we need to be reminded, which we need to be, we see verses like Psalm 13, 6. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. Amen to that, right? Psalm chapter 30, verse 4, sing the praises of the Lord. You, his faithful people, praise his holy name. Psalm 57, 9, I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. Psalm 71, 22, I will praise you with the harp for your faithfulness, my God. I will sing praise to you with the lyre, Holy One of Israel, right? This is a call to worship. This is a call to praise. Why? Because he is our salvation. Now, let me just remind you of this, right? In case there's any confusion or, or if you're watching from home, welcome. Maybe this is the first time you've ever joined us. You're new to church or this whole Christian thing, or maybe you're just kind of listening because you're interested because a friend invited you. I want to be clear what the Bible teaches about salvation. The Bible is crystal clear about salvation. You cannot earn your way to heaven. You can't be good enough, can't be nice enough, you can't give enough, can't come to Sunday school enough, can't do enough, right? It's not like it's a scale and the more good stuff you put on the side, it outweighs the bad. It's not about that. In fact, salvation is found only in Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, it's by grace you've been saved through faith this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God. Watch, not by works so that no one can boast. Jesus himself said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so there's this idea scripturally that he is our salvation, but he uses kind of a, a qualifying word there, which I like in verse one. Let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Right, the idea here is that he is foundational. 
He's solid. We build our lives upon him. Now, I don't have to tell you that the idea of absolute truth is up for grabs in our society today, isn't it? And you know, just like I do, it seems very confusing. And if you can't quite figure it out, sometimes I watch stuff like you and I'm shaking my head. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what they're thinking. I don't get that. I don't understand that. You're seeing lived out. You're seeing lived out what happens when we set aside absolute truth. When we say there is no truth but my truth. There is no truth but my truth. And what I think is right is right. You do what you want to do. That's great. I'm happy for you. You do you. I'll do me, right? When we get into a world where we say there is no absolute truth, we lose our foundation, we lose our footing, and we just kind of float around and wander unmoored to the truth. Things kind of go crazy and hurry. That's where we are. And so we need to be reminded that the Lord is the rock of our salvation, right? He's the foundation. We build everything upon his truth. We build everything upon his word, Right, if I'm doing something in my life that doesn't jive with the scripture, my life needs to change. I don't need to reinterpret scripture. You understand that? And so we need to be reminded of his goodness, his power, his majesty, the rock of our salvation, all the things that he's done for us, all the ways in which he's given, it should bring us to this place of joy. <laughs> he's given us truth. He's given us hope. He's given us a foundation. He's given us salvation that leads us to a place as good as the things of the world might be for us, as good as our families might be, and as exciting as Christmas and Thanksgiving are, we celebrate and worship because he's the king of kings, because he's given us salvation and a truth upon which to stand. That is the hope, and that is the central foundation of our joy. Now, let's continue to see what he says. By the way, I need times on my screens back here in the back, you guys in the booth. I don't see any times back here. Okay, so Psalm 95, now verse three. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land, right? There's this idea that he is our rock, he is our salvation. We build our lives upon him. That's the first truth, but here's the second thing. We have joy because the Lord is the great king and controls all things, right? He is the great king and he controls all things. So he's the rock, he's the foundation, right? When, when life is going crazy, we dig in, right, to who he is, we rest in his assurance and in his joy and his salvation, understanding now that he is the great king and he controls all things. Look at verse three. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. Now you might read that and you're thinking, wait a minute, all gods, who are these other gods? I thought there was only one true and living God. There is, but that doesn't mean we don't create gods in our lives, right? That doesn't mean that there aren't false gods that we worship on a regular basis, right? If you've had an opportunity to travel to other parts of the world and see what different people believe, there are a lot of different places in the world that don't believe like we do. And there's a lot of false gods. And I've talked a little bit about India before and how we going back. By the way, our team is arriving this afternoon. Great trip, great experience. If you see some of those ladies that went, ask them how that went. They'd love to share the story. 
They'd love to share with you what the Lord's doing over there. There will be many other trips for you to go next year if you're interested in going and seeing. But in those parts of the world, you realize that there are lots of false gods, right? And I talk a lot about this because I think this is one of the struggles of our modern Western society, right? We struggle with false gods too, don't we? Like y'all probably don't build little shrines in your house. You probably don't have anything in, in, in the corner over there with candles that you kind of sit and stare at and worship and spend time with. But you got a big box over your mantle with some wires going in the back of it. You sit in front of that, don't you? And you watch it and you listen to it and you spend time with it and you react based on the things you see. I'm not preaching it's TV. I'm just saying there are a lot of things in our life that become false idols if we let them. There are a lot of things we need to guard against. There's a lot of things we need to open our eyes to and we need to ask ourselves the question, listen, is this thing here more important than my walk with Jesus? Am I, I'm gonna step on your toes, for, so forgive me. Am I spending more time on my television than I am in God's word? Now I'm really, I'm stepping on my toes. Am I cheering more at football games than I am when I see that God has given me salvation? I love football, love it. And I cheer, man, I'll get hoarse sometimes. I, I yell so loud, I get excited. How, when's the last time I cheered about my salvation? It's a fair question to ask because he's the God and the king of the universe, right? And here we are piddling around in the little things that don't really matter in the end. We gotta be aware. We've gotta see and we've gotta understand. You're like, I get it. You're like, I get it, I get it, I get it. I struggle with those things. You're right, I see. The text is clear. He's the king of kings and Lord of lords. I get all those things, but I, but I struggle a little bit with those things. Let me just give you a couple things maybe you can do about this. The first one is be aware of it, right? Open your eyes to this truth. No, I got to realize that this is a struggle for me. Pray about it and then figure out ways you can help other people in your life. One of the best ways you can get your eyes off the things of the world is by putting them on other people. Did you know that? Like, What can I do to help somebody today? What can I do to love somebody? What can I do to share the love of Jesus with somebody? I mean, we got Fostering Hope coming up. Uh, this Christmas is the fourth year. Tara and her team have done an amazing job. And all of you, those of you that have helped, thank you. They work very quietly behind the scenes, but they're working. Right, they're working, 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 working. And we've got packets you can pick up at our Connect desk with families. You buy gifts for these families. They come in and shop and get what they want for Christmas. We give them nice things in order to be able to share the love of Jesus with them. That's the whole point. So maybe if you're stuck and you're like, I just don't know, I'm not sure I can get my mind off the things of this world, go pick up some packets. Right, find somebody you can love on. Find somebody you can help. Take your mind off of what you want and what you desire and what you hope for and give them to other people, right? How can I love others? How can I give to other people, right? Because there's this beautiful idea here that we see God is the God of the universe He's the creator of all things as well, right? We see that. He controls the seas and the mountains. That's what it says in verse four and five, right? His hands are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are also his. The sea is his, for he made it and his hands formed the dry land, right? It brings us to the point of realizing he's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's worthy of our worship, right? We see it through creation, right? Cooler morning this morning, right? We like cold weather. Anybody like cold weather? I love cold weather. Like, I'm ready for the heat to be gone. I, would, I wish it was cold all the time. Amy is 180 degrees the opposite, right? She wishes it was 95 all the time. I wish, I wish it was 35. That's kind of the, the world we live in. But when the seasons change, we get happy, right? We see the glory of the Lord. 
We see his beauty and his majesty in the stars and we see it in the sunrise and the sunset and, and the mountains and all the beautiful things that he did. But I want you to understand something about God that's really, really important. And the video that Rachel did this morning, I'm gonna come back to that because what she said was just beautiful. God said in Genesis 1:27, as he created man, he said, let us create man in our image, right? So the Bible says he created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them to watch. Just imagine this, right? The very God of the universe, the God who created everything decided that this universe wasn't complete until you were in it. Isn't that amazing? He created you in his image and you are completely unique and designed with purpose. I wrote down what she said in the video and I, I love, I love I love, love, love our church and what's going on and all the baptisms we've had the last several months and the people that are, that are reawakening or awakening to the things the Lord's doing in their hearts and they're changing thoughts and they're changing lives. But I wrote down, I don't usually see the videos until Sunday morning. Our team does it. Jeff does an amazing job with that and they do all those things and it takes that off my plate. And I see it when you see it, right? But she said, I thought I was alone. I thought I was a failure. And she said something like, I, I knew about God, but I didn't know how much he loved me. That's incredible. Wow, like that's the gospel. And I think, how many of us miss that, man? How many of us feel like we're alone? We, we live in a world that seems like now more than ever, depression and the struggles of life, and those things are very real. And I'm happy to help you. I can send you to talk to people. We've got counseling services all that stuff is real and people struggle with that. But I worry sometimes that we miss this truth that God does love us and we're not alone. We're not a failure, right? We are created with this innate beauty. We are created in his image. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he has given you, whoever you are, a purpose to accomplish great things in this world. That brings us joy. His salvation and his creation and the rock of his word and the fact that he's created all things, the fact that he created us in his image and gives us purpose. All of those things bring us joy. Now, let's kind of wind this down. Look at verse six again, right? So what do we do because of who the Lord is, because of his majesty, because of his glory and his beauty? Oh, come, let us worship. That's what it says, verse six, and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. That's important. We are the people of his pasture the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in Meribah, right? He's looking back to the children of Israel coming through the wilderness. As on the day of Massa in the wilderness, when your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work for 40 years, that's the wandering in the wilderness, I loathed that generation and said, they are a people who go astray in their heart, they have not known my ways, therefore I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, right? We see the joy because of salvation. We see the joy because he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords, he's created all things. And then truth number three, we have joy because God is our God. He is our God. There's this beautiful picture in verses six and seven of this personal relationship. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture, 
the sheep of his hand, right? There's this beautiful reminder that Christianity isn't about a, about a, a bunch of rules and regulations. It's not about checking boxes. It's not about slapping wrists because we don't like what somebody's doing. It's about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Far too many people miss that. If you're like, I've never quite understood Christianity, it might be because you don't understand the personal relationship with Christ who sticks closer than a brother. And so we see this beautiful idea here that he is our God and we are his people. And he uses this idea of, of the sheep and the pasture, right? And most of us don't get that because we're not shepherds. If you study and read, and you read Psalm 23 especially, and we talk about this idea of the shepherd and the sheep, you begin to understand that sheep are totally reliant on the shepherd for protection, for guidance, for nourishment, for direction, right? If it weren't for the shepherd, the sheep would die. And we see that with the Lord. He gives us this protection. He gives us this care. He gives us this provision and this compassion. And because of those things, we have a personal relationship with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And so I don't want you to miss this as I finish this up this morning. Your salvation is not based on your works. It's not based on your intelligence. It's not based on your attendance or how kind you are to people. Your salvation is based on a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches we have separated ourselves from the Lord. Our sin keeps us from Him. And it's only because of the forgiveness that Jesus Christ offers that we can accept that, repent of our sins, and fix the relationship that we've broken with the Lord. God has done good things for us. He's given us wonderful things. He's given us salvation and the rock upon which we can stand. He's created all things. He is our God. He is our maker. It should lead us to a place of praise and worship. So I want to finish this morning by reading one of these verses. But when we read it, I don't want you just to read it and forget about it. I don't want you to read it and allow it to lead you further to a place of worship, to a place of understanding, and it's going to lead us right into our time of invitation. So pull up Psalm chapter 95, verse 6. Let's read this aloud. Understanding that what we understand about the psalm should lead us to a place of worship. Let's read it together. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Father, we thank you for your glory and for your majesty. We thank you for your beauty, for your holiness, for your power. We thank you for the salvation found only in Jesus Christ. We thank you that you're the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the creator of all things. We thank you that you are our God, and we praise your name, that you have given us the ability, Lord, to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for those that have already made that decision. This would be a time of praise for them and worship, praying for other people, Lord, praying for the needs around them. I pray for the person here or at home that's never prayed to receive Jesus, that's never repented of their sins. Let this be the moment. Open their eyes to your truth. Do great work in our lives, Father, and we'll give you the praise and the honor and the glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.